Wow, what an incredible message. I'm hoping, with Hashem's help, we'll get through. I have, I think, four messages, really five messages to give you. We'll see how much we could do. One of the most interesting uh, of the Kalim of the Beis HaMikdash, which wasn't a Kli, of course, was the Kruvim. The Kruvim, if we think about it, was probably the most interesting because it seems to be so antithetical to what Kaddush represents, apparently. But we'll see that that's, of course, not true. The Pasuk tells us that the Keruvim had wings that spread over, sheltering and covering the wings, and they faced towards one another. But the, it's interesting that the Pesukim tell us, Dafka, that upanim ishalachiv elakaporis you upanim karuvin. Let me before should point out that there's a double lashon of the karuvin. It's that they faced each other, but they they weren't actually looking at each other. They were looking at the aron itself. Okay, that's we're going to use that a little bit later. But I'm just reading the psukim, and it was set obviously as a, as, as a focal point. As we know, that in the times of Aliyah Larego, they would open up a little bit of the kodesh kadoshim to see these these beautiful karuvin. What were the Keruvim? So the Beforshim tell us we don't have a, an exact, right? There's a lot of pictures in our mind because we, we've seen the pictures before, but we know that it was a boy and a girl, two children, right? One was a boy, one was a girl. And we know famously that, that uh, when the base of English was destroyed, they were embracing each other. And the Goyim came into the Mikdash and they said, what, uh, what, what, this is supposed to be Kodesh HaKadoshim? There's nothing more disgusting than the, it looks like a, a couple, uh, a, you know, a, a boy and a girl hugging each other. You know, what's going on over here, right? And they see Kedusha in a totally different way than we see it. But we need to understand what the message of the Kruvim is. One would think that if I was to pick an image, no offense, it would be two great tzaddikim, right? Two Talmudic Chachamim, right? right? That doesn't have to be, you know, you have this a lot. I love how art school has, uh, you know, art school, uh, this is what our problem in life is, is that we don't know, and obviously we don't know what Moshe Rabbeinu looks like, right? But Sadiqim, we know what they look like, because art school, you know, in all their different writings, whether it's the art school, Tehillim, or whatever, right? Obviously, we don't know what women look like, because there's no women allowed in any of those publications, but, right, it's just men with their, men with their kids, <laughs> and they all have payas, and they all have, and so we think that a Sadiq has to, okay, so I don't know how this would work, if we had Sadiqim there, what they would actually look like, and then people would be like, well, if the, if the Kruvim had payas, so we have to have payas. If they had a black hat, we have to have black I don't know. But why children? That seems to be very, very interesting. And Rabbi Frand, in his wonderful many svarim, I, 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 I'll be honest with you, the reason why I chose Rabbi Frand this week is because um, I haven't heard from Rabbi Frand for many years. Rabbi Frand doesn't know this, uh, although I did mention it once, actually. I had the discuss of introducing him once in his year. Um, and Rabbi Friend uh, really formulated in my formidable years. Um, I, I learned uh, back in the day, Rabbi Friend used to have tapes. <laughs> we would put in the tape recorder, and I got into learning. One of the many reasons, besides for me the obvious, is my, my father, who was so uh, involved in, in the sweetness of Torah. But Rabbi Friend Shurim really, really helped me out. And I had this close ones of introducing him and telling him this. Um, and I, I haven't heard from Rabbi Friend in years and years. And uh, I saw a picture of uh, somebody that I know whose uh, daughter got married and Rabbi Fran was there. I'm like, oh, Rabbi Fran, oh, I wonder how he's doing. So we learned Rabbi Fran's Torah. So he quotes Rabbi Nussan Adler. Unfortunately, I don't say it. it's not nice to say unfortunately, Rabbi Nussan Adler is only known because of his formidable uh, Talmud, the Chassam Soifer. <laughs> he was a gadol in his own right. But Rabbi Nussan Adler 
writes that they faced each other but did not look into each other's eyes. We'll, we'll revisit what exactly that means. So imagine the scene that's going on over here. You have the number one Rebbe in the world, par excellence, Hashem, teaching the greatest Talmud in the world, the greatest disciple, Moshe Rabbeinu, in the best conditions, Kodesh Kodesha. But, what are the Karuvim like? Childlike. How can that be? So it must teach us lesson number one. And lesson number one is taught by Rav Shmuel Rozovsky. Rav Shmuel was the Rosh Hashiva, of the Panovich Rosh Hashiva back in 1944. He took the leadership. He died in 1979. One of the great, I don't have to tell you what the Panovich Rosh Hashiva is. And he answers that it must be received in a childlike manner. With the midos, with the character traits of ch- children. Children are enthusiastic and innocent. The Torah has to be taken. In the Torah we talk about mitzvahs, chesed, everything. With enthusiasm and innocence. It's the only way we can accept the Torah. Wholeheartedly. It has to be ingrained in our persona. We all know, I'm sure you've heard this about a gazillion times, when that boy puts tefillin on for the first time, the rabbi before you get to go eat the donuts, you know, the, the Minogue in America, you, know, you have to have a, you know, it depends, the Dunkin' Donuts, it depends where you live, sometimes Nebuch has to be intimate, okay, whatever, wherever you are. Um, I actually remember uh, this summer, so it's not nothing to do with anything, but this summer, um, I uh, was in camp going back and forth, and I found myself on a Thursday in the middle of no, what I call nowhere, it's not nowhere, Highland Park, New Jersey, and I didn't know there was a Dunkin' Donuts, and uh, my kid, I used to bring up every Shabbos Dunkin' Donuts for my kids. And I'm like, oh, I can't bring it up this Shabbos. And I went to a him. It, it was unbelievable. He did a, uh, somebody from the shul had a him. It was uh, I don't know. I think back in the Yavamos days. And he did the him. And afterwards, I walk out and I see there's Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm like, oh. So I was weird. I'm looking at the box to see what the address is because you know there's a lot of Dunkin' Donuts around. And the guy, this guy comes up to me, goes. It's kosher, it's kosher. I know something. He thought I was like from, from nowhere. And then when I told him from Ramape Chubba, she thought I was like, ah, from Teaneck. I know kosher. I said, I just didn't know. And it turned out literally when you come out of the shul, like two minutes, there's a Dunkin' Donuts there. It was kosher. I never knew that. So I was able to get my Dunkin' Donuts. So, okay, so you have the, what does the rabbi say at the vort? The rabbi says, you should be to have the same enthusiasm you had this morning when you put the tefillin on as you do your life. And we know that. And it's a cute little thing, but it's true. You see the boy putting tefillin on for the first time and he doesn't know how to wrap it and eh, and he said, it's, ah, it's like a shmak. He feels good about it. That's Torah. And one of the uh, amazing things about Leva Torah, we we're just talking about the amazing things about Leva Torah, so we'll, we'll continue on the amazing things of Leva Torah. So one of the amazing things is, is that you have enthusiastic rabbeim. Not that there's anything wrong. I'm not saying, you know, you can't have a 78-year-old rabbi, but sometimes it's a little bit difficult. I'm, I'm Zoycha. I, I had a 78-year-old Rebbe. Ravar Zalvich was very enthusiastic. It was very fun. That's what Torah is. The Masika of Torah. Rav Bagno said last night at one of my close friends, uh, his son got engaged. And he said, uh, ah, this guy in the shul, he taught me something very important. One of the highest level of chesed isn't giving money. It isn't, he says, give, put a smile on somebody's face. See, I'll just put some, a smile on the face while you're learning Torah. Ah! Is a masika of Torah. But that's the persona, the childlike, right? That's what the Karuvim remind us of. And says Rabbi Fran, herein lies the rub. 
What's the rub? You know the rub. The rub is, why does your steak taste so good? Oh, I put on a rub. What's a rub? It's a different spices and so on and so forth. And then you'd be like, then you see, dude, you don't put on a rub. You just bought, you know, whatever it is, McCormick's uh, steak sauce. You know, that's a rub. Okay. But what's the rub, he writes? Because when we get older, we become less and less childlike. But Hashem himself testifies that you need to be childlike. Because the Pasuk says in Hosea, Nar Yisrael ve'ahavua. That I love Yisrael. I fell in love with Yisrael when he was still childlike. Now all the Mephoshim say the same thing. When B'nai Yisrael left Mitzrayim, right, this is the Parshas really, they're still that childlike B'nai Yisrael. When they left Mitzrayim, aha, I love them so much. Why did I love them so much? Because they were innocent. They were childlike. They loved me. Last parasha, Nasev and Nishma. They just, Hashem, tell us what it is. We'll do it. Ah! He says, that's what Hosea says. And here's the worst word that you can become. Cynical. Cynical is the, the terrible, the opposite of the rub that we're talking about. A person who becomes so cynical he loses enthusiasm. He loses the innocence. And this is very common for people to become jaded, crusted, to scream at the bouts of the No! Bechavod! Bechavod! You know, start. Chas you know, you should spend five more seconds in Davon Shmon He's jaded. This is usually, you know, what happens to people my age. Between 40 and 50, says Rabbi Fran, we lose that enthusiasm, that childlike nature... It's not there. But says Rabbi friend, what's worse is that we live in a generation where the kids are learning from the parents and they're cynical at 12 years old. <laughs> you little, little, you know, 19, 20 year old guys? You're cynical already? No, it's really bad. No. Na'ar. We have to be the na'ar. The Rabbi Hashem loved us when we weren't jaded. We have to be that young lad. Remember the excitement? I don't know if you guys remember. I certainly don't remember. But do you remember your excitement when you got your first sitter? When you got your first chumash? For me, I, I remember the excitement when my child got it. It's a shame, you know, in a few years, maybe when my grandchild gets their first. That's, that's where I am in life. And sometimes you stop and you go, wait, wait a minute, Hartstein. That's who I am. That's who I have to be. Stop. Think for a moment. Don't be so cynical. And that's why, Baruch Hashem, in the generation we live in, you have people who are 50, 60, 70 years old who are starting Dafyom, who start to go to Shurim, who start more Torah learning. The kid that gets up and says, why, why, like, wow. He has the enthusiasm. We had a very interesting Shabbos this Shabbos. We only had one kid home for Shabbos. It's called Shabbat Achim. In Yerucham, my two my three boys were there for Shabbos. My daughter's in Australia. She was in Perth for Shabbos. World traveler. And um, so we had one kid over. He had the enthusiasm. He was the only kid. He was like, you know, he's the bacher now. You know, he was a, he got the first bracha finally. He said, the first time I got the first bracha from Yabba. And he brought to the table a sheet to read the Tivrei Torah. Because nobody else was there to fight. We were joking in the morning, I promise you. He woke up in the morning and goes, Abba, you know what bothers me so much about the Shabbos? I go, what? He goes, there's no fighting. Can we fight? I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, I proceeded to fight with him, but that's not the point. But doesn't it? He had an enthusiasm over Shabbos, over the Torah. He, he could say it at the table. Nobody's going to stop him. Ah, that's the enthusiasm we need to have. Message number two. Message number two. Message number two is, how do we grow 
in this childlike way. This is related, obviously, to number one, but it's a number two. Do you ever notice one of the craziest things in the world? <laughs> I think this is crazy. When I try to describe to you a great gadol, and I say, Rav Chaim Kanievsky passed away. Ah, what a Levi was. What a supreme Talmud Chacham he was. Rav Yashav, Rav Shlomo what a extreme Talmud Chacham he was. Um, excuse me? Talmud Chacham, what does the word Talmud Chacham mean? He was the Talmud, he's a Talmud, he's not a Talmud anymore, he's 98 years old. He's a Talmud? He's a stu- what are you talking about? No. He's a, always learning. Any Gadol knows he's continuing to learn and learn and learn. I'll tell you a fascinating true story. When, um, when I was forced, I mean this in the greatest way ever, when my Rebbe, Revarin Salvechik, forced me to go for Svicha, so um, Revarin said to me, I said, Rebbe, you know, smicha's not for me. What are you talking about? I'm going to go for smicha. I'm going to be a rabbi. Come on, it's a joke. And he looked at me and he said, Dov, you are a Talmud Chacham. I go, oh, Rebbe, I am no Talmud Chacham. And then he looked at me and I had no idea what was going on. He said, are you calling me stupid? I'm like, what? What did I, what? He says, you're a Talmud and I'm the Chacham. You're a Talmud of the Chacham. That's the way you have to live your life. When I got the call many years ago, which started my career in Torah, really, when my Rav, Rav Neuberger Shlita, said to me, he asked, he actually, he called, and we saw on the call, you know, caller ID, it was Rav Neuberger, so I picked up the phone, and he says, hi, this is Yaakov Neuberger, can I speak to your wife? And he asked my wife permission for me to give a share every week, because it, it, it was a lot of work. And when Rav Neuberger, when then finally my wife said yes, I'm like, well, I didn't know what was going on, and he asked me, and I said, I said well, I could emphatically say no. I said, the shirim have to be taught by Talmud Chachamim, and I'm not a Talmud Chacham. And he said, ah, that's the answer I wanted to hear. Now you have to give the share. If you were haughty and you thought, no, the fact that you don't figure, ah, that's the person who should give the share. Because we're always learning. Right? Who did I learn from most? My, my, the, I learned from my Talmudim. You're always a Talmud of a Chacham. My friend tells a story about a rabbi in Norfolk, Virginia. So he said that every single day between 10 and 11, I will accept no calls. So when the board of directors heard about this, they said, what's going on? Why can't he be bothered? So the secretary said, he sits in his office and learns Torah. That's his time to learn, no matter what. They called him out on it. We thought that you completed all your studies already, they said. They're concerned. I thought you were, I thought you were a Talmud Chacham, if you will. And what's, of course, the answer? We're always have to keep learning and learning. Rav Asher Weiss just said, he says, you know, I don't like going to America. He's in America. I think, I don't know, America, but he's in, in Chutzlaretz now. He says, I don't like going, but he goes, but the greatest time for me ah, is on the plane. You know why? My phone doesn't ring on the plane. I happen to know because I know people who have seen Rav Asher Weiss on the plane. He didn't say this. But, you know, certainly he's bothered on the plane. People come up to him with Shilas. But he says, that's, he goes, Chelik Dalas, my Shilas Vachuvas are not out yet. He gave this week a shear on very seemingly strange here, but Klusenberger Rebbe had a chumrah ba'alma. Listen to this chumrah, guys. Crazy. That you need to have two refrigerators, a milchik one and a fleshik one. Shema, things will fall. So he didn't, he didn't agree with it. And he said, I wrote a tshuva in Chelek Dal, which isn't out yet, because when I'm on the plane, I, this is when I have time. You need time. You need to set aside time. Say, I can't just teach all day. I need to learn my own Torah. 
my Rebbe, my other Rebbe, Rabbi Salosky Shlita. So he asked me once as a joke. We, uh, he was over a few weeks ago. So he came to the house and, and my wife said, oh, he goes, I don't think you know how it is in our home when, when Abba, you know, when, when I say, you know, when Abba's going to shear now, right? At 120, you know, on, on, on Wednesday, on Tuesday, Wednesdays and Fridays, I'm with Rabbi Salosky in shear. Baruch Hashem, he gives Zoom shear. So he says, yeah, I don't know why, why is he in Shear? Well, he doesn't need to go to Shear, you know, like it's great. It's like the old, old school, you know, Lumdus of Shear. Yeah, we all need to be Tamid Chachamim. We need. The next message. The next message. We said that the Upanim Upanim, that they were looking at each other, but not, they were facing each other, excuse me, but not looking at each other. What does that teach us? So back to Rav Nassim Adler, the Rebbe of the Chavetz, of the Chassam Soifer, he said they weren't actually looking at each other, they were looking down towards the Aram. That symbolized the following. Torah scholars often disagree with each other. They have arguments. They raise their voices in learning. I hope you have the zchus of having a Chavrusa in this room. You have a Chavrusa that you scream at. And sometimes, Baruch Hashem, we could experience that. We go into the base measures and everybody's screaming. It's beautiful. Rav Noach Weinberg, the Rosh Hashiva, Rosh Hashiva of, of course, tells the story that he said that, uh, of course, famously, Rav Noach Weinberg, I think it was your site, it was just a few weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. So he started at the you know, Eish HaTorah, greatest yeshiva. So Rav Weinberg said that he had a lot of Bali Tshuva, of course. So he said this fancy schmancy lawyer comes once to see um, her son learning. And when she walks in, this Harvard-trained lawyer sees everybody screaming, hating each other. Like, she thinks in a moment they're going to punch each other in the face. What's going on here? And she's shocked. What's this rutkus? I learned in Ivy League school in silent law libraries. But we know the true Tamar Chacham, that's Torah. But at the end, of course, we're the greatest of friends. We love each other. The Keruvim, he says, teaches us that no matter what, even if there are arguments, it doesn't get personal. The Kruvim faced each other, but symbolized that they were centered around the Torah. Milchem and Torah, we're going to fight each other. No, you didn't learn the Taisas well. I'm going to teach you Taisas. This is what I think, and we're going to fight, fight, fight. And then when, when we actually call the Rebbe over and he tells us both, you're a bunch of idiots. It's wrong. <laughs> you love each other. You hug each other. It's okay. Shkoyach. The idea is to have mutual respect. To always be centered around the Torah. Is this a mechemes? Why am I getting up and making a comment to this person? Do I care about the person? Is it really? Or it's just for myself? Because I don't like the way he's davening, so I'm going to tell him to... Uh, no, I'm going to say, shh, 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 we're davening. Except when it's good for me to talk, then I'll talk. What am I doing this? And there's a further lesson, if you want to add to this as another lesson, it could be. And that's a lesson to all Jews. The lesson is also that there are many different opinions. There's a lot going on in Eretz Yisrael now. I had the discuss of going to a concert on Thursday night at 11 o'clock with Yushai Rebo. And Yushai Rebo looked out at the crowd in Beit Shemesh and he said, you know, I see so many different types of Jews here. Beit Shemesh is obviously well known for being a Murav city. And he said, 
I know there's a lot of fighting and people want to bring down the government and the judicial reform, but it looks like we all, we, we, bottom line, we get along. Look how many different types of people are here. There was Hasidim there, there were uh, Litvaks there, I'm sure, there were Chilonim, there were Nats, Farid, Ashkenazim. But there's a mutual respect. All Jews have to know the truth. The truth isn't only by me. We love to say that. Oh, those Haredim, they don't know what they're doing. Oh, those leftists. Oh, the right. Oh, I'm perfect. I'm the perfect one. I'm Chardal, Haredi Datilume. Or I'm Datilume. Or I, that's, it's mine. I own this religion. The Pusik says, beautiful Pusik, that Pasuk in in, uh, in Amos, the Alkut Shemoni actually says this in Amos. Excuse me. That the Jewish people in the times of Mashiach, Lash Mishon and Sota list the signs of Mashiach. One of the signs is HaMST and the Aderes. Says the Alkut Shemoni in Amos, Neaderes is truth. That Nebuch at the end of days there'll be a lack of truth in the world. I mean, mamish, like, how crazy is the time that we're in? There can't be more sheker than we're saying. Right? We've, ma- we've been made to hate every single, right? And this, and we have to be, but there's such sheker in the world. We, we can't even say what a boy and a girl is anymore. That's the sheker that there is in this world. Rav is a beautiful piece on this. I'll just quote it very briefly. It's so gorgeous. And Rav Malamed writes, I believe it's a Gemara in Chagiga, it doesn't quote. Amar of Huna. Lo gol Yisrael mi artsam, ella al she'ovru ala pasig mi daver sheker tircha. We were kicked out because we were honest. And what's going to bring us back? Lo chorvu Yishalayim, ella she'psiku mi menu bali amuna. We don't believe in the right way. We don't have bitachon in the Rebbeinu Shalom. He says, ha'emes ha'nehederes, elum afanim shel ador, te'ichva de Meshichah. You know how you know? There's sheker in the door. That's how we know we're in ichva de Meshichah. Chlomar b'dor hazeh, yishpot ha'sheker ba'olam. When we finally realize that there should be emes, that we, we accept everybody's view, that's the ikar. Oh boy, do we know in the, we're in the times of Mashiach now. The Kruvim teach us that we don't have to be looking at each other, we have to appreciate each other, right? Achdus isn't, we always say, you know, I, I had this, I, I think I told the story already in Bet, I was in Bet once and there was a lot of fighting, I used to go to the mikveh every Friday, and those days there was only, the, the mikveh in Bet was the most popular one, and I would talk to the Hasidish guy who would run the mikveh, I said to him, it's crazy, the, the, the fighting between in, in Ramah Bet with, with the people, and, and what's going on? He goes, I don't understand either. I'm all into achdos. As long as they're exactly like me, I'm into achdos. That's what he was being serious. As long as you're koifif to what my achdos is. V'yaslarecha kamocha. doesn't mean you have to be kamoni. It's only if you look like... No. That's the idea. We're in the time of Mitzvah Shem just a few days from now. So I saw in Rav Nevensal's Shefer on the Moadim, Rav Nevensal asked an integral question. He asked, why is it that the Rambam, the Shulchan Aruch, has halachas that revolve around the term but all of a sudden, in we don't see anything, it doesn't start off uh, come on. And he says, because it's a practic- practical halachas. There are halachas that we have to put us in, a, in the mood of so we have all the Rosh Chodesh Av, you know, the three weeks halachas, and therefore there are no halachas that revolve around this. So I want to add to this. 
my own chiddush. I think it's because it's a state of mind that a person has to be in. And I can't have halachas that revolve around, be happy now. Being sad, yeah. That's why I have to have halachas, because it's also hard to have an emotion. But being happy is a state, Rabbi Waxman, who learns, who has a shurim that he gives on the seal shurim, says that the shar bitachan and the shar simcha are intertwined to each other. Because true simcha is only bitachan by the Rabbi Nishan. It's only recognizing the fact that Hashem's with me, no matter what different ways we look like, I shouldn't have yish. I mean, the oilum of, there's a lot of shekha, yeah, that means Mashiach is coming. Other is all about recognizing that in Botech Bashem, the whole story of Purim is Bitochan in the Rabbanish Look at the Jews, look what happened. They were going to get annihilated, killed. All the Yudim, this beautiful idea. That why is the Megillah tells me, hold you, he had every country, because if there was one country that he wasn't in, then, then, then he would have no possibility of killing all the Jews, because Hashem said that. Right? Then, then he could kill all the Jews except for that one person. So there was an ultimate bitachon that we only have Rabbanu Shalom to rely upon. I'm so happy. Is when? That's the message of the Keruvim as well. Other is about simcha. There's a simcha of knowing, ah, I think what I'm doing is correct. And there are other views. I get it. But I have to have an enthusiasm, a simcha of other. That I want to continue my Torah learning. I want to continue my Avodah Hashem. That's what I think this time is about. We should be zorichet to take these messages and Amir Shashem experience in an amazing other, the true simcha, mitachan and shalom. And we should stop the shaka and there should be emes in this world, recognizing everyone and their views. Be zorichet de gu'ulu shleim and mehir amen.